0: Hello, this is Terry Mosier with my Unit 3 audio depiction for Ed 527, Emerging Technologies. The first part of this podcast will focus on the educator's mindset by George Kuros. Part 3 is titled, Unleashing Talent. In this unit, the author wants you to understand that innovation starts by changing ourselves. To move others forward, we must first look in the mirror at our actions, or sometimes our inactions by doing this we will unleash our talent and create a culture that will flourish chapter 8 is titled strength-based leadership the author reminds us of the what-ifs of chapter 7 and that we should stop focusing on a deficit or a model that focuses on students weaknesses instead we should focus on strength-based a strength-based model and focus on the student's strengths he reminds us to find what students love and create learning experiences that will encourage them to develop their strengths. Great leaders practice trust and autonomy while providing strong mentorship. Start modeling these behaviors that you want to have by collaborating, taking risks, valuing, and being willing to learn from those on your team or in your class. Chapter nine is titled Professional Learning. Technology invites you to move from engaged to empowered. The author states that schools should strive to be a 21st century school that offers 21st century learning. Technology should not just be a tool. Technology can be transformational and it can provide you with so many opportunities that never existed before. The author gives an example of Lachlan's first hearing aid. The little boy gets a hearing aid at seven weeks old and you can see the wonder in his eyes when he hears people speak to him. We should use technology to frame our teaching and we should be trying to understand the opportunities that it can provide for people. Technology should personalize, not standardize. The author states that we should adopt Michael Fulman's statement, learners are the driver and technology is the accelerator. Chapter 10 is titled, Less is More. The less is more rule is a good rule for leaders to follow. Before schools add a new initiative, we should ask, is this new program or initiative going to help us achieve our vision? And what are the goals or how it will impact our learning. On the top of page 163, there is a quote, Simplicity is about subtracting the obvious and adding the meaningful by John Mayetta. Chapter 11 is titled Embracing an Open Culture. The author begins with a quote, a quote, the best way to have a good idea is to have lots of them by Linus Pauling. Educators can connect and learn by teacher learning communities, such as Twitter and other social media platforms. This is a great way to access forward-thinking teachers with amazing ideas. I immediately connected to the author's example of Call Me Maybe, the song by Carly Rae Jepsen. This song went viral because people remixed it and they kept sharing it. Teachers can make great learning go viral by sharing great ideas on Twitter or other social media platforms. Technology provides a way for teachers to create, share, and connect. Chapter 12 is titled, Creating Meaningful Learning Experiences for Educators. Teachers often learn learn how to teach by watching other teachers. Professional learning needs to be a constant part of development for a teacher learning. It is crucial for teachers to explore, collaborate, reflect and to apply what they are learning. This is the same learning model that we expect for our students. There are eight things to look for in today's classroom on page 185. Number one is voice. We can learn from others and share. Number two is choice, strength-based learning. Number three is time for reflection, and this includes teachers, administration, and students. Number four is opportunities for innovation, allowing time because innovation is a process and takes time. Number five, critical thinking, asking questions and challenging what you see. Number six, problem solvers and finders. This includes inquiry based learning. Number seven, self-assessment, creating your own portfolio to document and to evaluate your own learning process. And number eight, connected learning. This includes opportunities to connect with professional learning platforms and networks and other teachers to address specific needs and questions. The second part of this podcast is to explain the TPAC model. What is the TPAC model and what does it stand for? Technology, content, and pedagogy. This is the knowledge required for teachers to implement technology in their teaching. The TPAC model is set up to look like a Venn diagram with an intersection in the middle. There are three types of knowledge that all connect. TK, PK, and CT. T-P-K describes relationships and intersections between technology, tools, and pedagogy practices. P-C-K describes the same pedagogy practices and specific learning objectives. And T-C-K is the relationships and intersections among technologies and learning. Together, it is what and how it's taught and how technology has changed. The last part of this podcast is about the PICRAT the model. What is the PICRAT model and what does it stand for? PIC stands for Passive, Interactive, and Creative. This is the student's relationship to technology. Students begin by passively watching and move to teaching and move to interaction with technology and finally creating artifacts with technology. The RAT RAT stands for replacement, amplification, and transformation. This is about the trainers' or the teachers' use of technology. They replace an existing model, amplify, or improve the model, new ideas or learning that are impossible without technology. Hello, my name is Terry Mosier, and I am a kindergarten teacher in Devil's Lake, North Dakota. And this is my creative analysis of the innovators mindset by George Kuros. The first part of this podcast will be an overview of the book. This book is divided into four parts. The first part focuses on what innovation is and what it isn't and what it takes to develop an innovators mindset. The second part focuses on the groundwork for creating a culture of innovation in schools and building relationships. The third part is about the action and how we can get others to change. The fourth part is defining where you are and where you need to go and how to get there. Let's define what innovation is. Innovation is a way of thinking, a process by which we change the world It is the practical application of the ideas and technologies to make new and better things. In terms of education, innovation starts with a question. What is the best for the learner? Now let's define what innovation isn't. If innovation does not meet the idea of new and better, this is not innovation. The author says on page 35 that every educator should have an innovator's mindset. Number one, having this mindset starts with having empathy for our students. Number two, being a problem solver and a problem finder. Number three, being a risk taker. Number four, networking. Isolation is often the enemy of an innovation. Number five, being observant and being resilient and also being reflective. Part two is laying the groundwork for a culture of learning and innovation in your school. This starts with building relationships. On page 68, the author states three most important words in our education are relationships, 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 and this is something that our school has created and really stressed as teachers try to build relationships with their students to grab hold of their learning. If we as educators want to make meaningful change, we have to make connections to the heart before we can make connections to the mind, as stated on page 78. The author, the author takes a great deal, talks a great deal in chapter five about would I want to be a learner in my classroom? And this is something that I have really taken to heart and really focused on when I am making decisions when it comes to my students. I always am asking myself, would I want to be a learner in my own classroom? And the answer is yes. Being present, learning first, and teaching with the learner in mind will help you grow and as, grow as an innovative leader. Chapter, chapter seven talks about eight things that look for that you should look for in today's classroom. These learning environments should include voice. Number one is voice, learning is social. Number two, choice students do need to feel that they have a choice in their learning number three time for reflection this is so important as students need time to reflect number four opportunities for innovation number five critical thinkers number six problem solvers and finders number seven self-assessment and number eight connection to learning this says This is a roadmap for what classrooms should look for or look like, and these should spark ideas and for what innovation could be like. In part three of Unleashing Talent, the author truly believes that innovation starts by changing yourself. If you can change yourself, you can help others move forward. Again, the author asks, what is best for the learner? And to move forward, we must remember that all learners are the drivers of technology and technology is the accelerator. We need to embrace the notion that education and in education, we are all learners. We also learn that less is more. This is a quote from Albert Einstein, and it says, everything should be made as simple as possible, but not simpler. Many educators know that technology is important and want to add it to their classrooms. We should adapt this idea for moving from literate to adaptive to transformative. If you are literate with technology, you just basically can work with it. And if you are adaptive, this means that you're doing something low-tech, like maybe replacing a note-taking idea with an iPad. If you are transformative, you are doing something with your device that you couldn't do before such as creating a video or a blog. Technology provides a great way for teachers to create, share, and connect. Part 4 is titled, Are We There Yet? So how do you know if your district or school or classroom is there yet? The answer is you're not. Your school should be a learning organization that promotes innovation and this means that you will never be done innovating, growing, or learning. Things that I agree with about the innovator's mindset. I have two favorite quotes from this book. When we know better, we should do better. People challenge others to think outside of the box when we really need to think about how we can become innovators inside of the box. This goes along with the less is more theory, and there are always going to be budget restrictions and things that just don't make sense in my classroom or in my school, but I will always remember the quote, would I want to be a student in my classroom? And the answer is yes. The other quote is change is scary and it can seem easier to stay with a known bad than take the chance on the possibility of a great new opportunity. Fear can make us reluctant, but it doesn't have to defeat us. I have taken so many things away from this book I am always going to incorporate innovation in my kindergarten classroom but now I am going to be transforming technology instead of just being illiterate being literate with technology I have to admit I often know that I should do better for example during my reading centers my students used to just use a QR reader and complete a center I know that I can do something more purposeful with that QR center. That is one goal for the end of the year, to make this idea innovating. Things that I question about the innovator's mindset. I have found professional learning communities on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But the innovator's mindset did not talk about TikTok, and I've always connected to many teachers that I share similar interests with and have great innovating ideas. I believe that TikTok is a great professional learning community. It is very quick, and it really seems like a small snapshot of an activity or even of their classroom or personality. Technology is not simply a tool. It is, it is very important, and it is embedded in a powerful learning opportunity in our classrooms. I also feel technology can help all students with other abilities, with all abilities, and this is not really addressed in the book, The Innovator's Mindset. The biggest impact this book had for me was experimenting with Twitter. I now know that I must connect with local and global colleagues during the workday or even during the school year. Just like our students get time to collaborate, I need this time as well. I also feel like Twitter allowed me to feel like I was valuable and my ideas were valuable and they were worth sharing. From their connections, they can be made with other educators. I have already shared this book with my administration and and I'm very excited that we will be reading this book as a book study for our school. I loved reading The Innovator's Mindset, and I plan to continue using Twitter and following George Curls.